Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wise Men Say reaction show. Sunderland have just drawn 1-1 with Burton Albion at the Stadium of Light. A Tom Flanagan own goal in the first half cancelled out by a Jake Baldwin header. So I'm joined in the Stadium of Light by Sunderland's club historian Rob Mason. Rob, what did you make of the game today? Um, I thought it was a decent game. Um, I think at this stage of the season, you just you know you have to realise you can't win every game. A point's a point, as Sam Allardyce would always say, protect the point. And in the end, I was a bit worried we might get hit on the break and. You know, being too desperate to get the three points. Sometimes it's just not your night. You know, Charlie Wikes hit the woodwork a couple of times. Grant was very unlucky with his shot that's come back off the post, and and their goals a deflection. Um, having said that, Burton were a good side. They're much better calibre opposition than most of the teams that have come here this season. They gave us a tough game. We're down to the bare bones. We're not quite the bare bones, but obviously there's a little. You could put a pretty good second eleven out from the players who were injured and unavailable tonight. Uh, and some of the players have played a lot of football, and I think it showed in one or two of them. I also thought there were some outstanding performances for me personally. I thought George Honeyman was excellent. I thought Charlie White had a good game, but obviously mm-hmm. he missed a good chance early on. You know, where he was yeah. found free in the in the box and didn't get enough meat into his shot. But he looked much more like a threat, much more like a centre forward than we've seen previously. Yeah, at the Stadium of Light this season. I know he's had a couple of decent away games lately. And, and one thing you can't accuse Ross of is being negative. Absolutely In, in his not. tactical setup tonight and his substitutions, Kim Bioga and Sterling coming on. I know, I see that not every fan is a big Jack Ross fan, but I certainly am. I think considering what we've had in recent years, particularly the David Moyes season, with such negativity and mm. downness. Even even Coleman, the, although he talked a good game, yeah, his tactics didn't reflect I, I think, that. I think the proof was in the pudding with Chris Coleman. I thought Chris Coleman, whenever he comes back to Sunderland, can come back to Sunderland, hold his head up high. You know, he came and he tried. He, he tried his best. His best at Sunderland, sadly for him and for us, wasn't good enough. But he was an honourable man. Mm. Um, Jack Ross, on the other hand, I think has melded the team into a team that are worthy of the red and white stripes again. We know they're not great players. That's why the League One players. But they're trying their hearts out and they're working very, very hard and the commitment was excellent. I also should say that after he came on a sub, that's the best I've seen Max Power play for a long time. I thought he really tried to, to drive the team on and it looked much more like the player we saw before. The red cards, I think, affected him. He's been playing a little bit within himself. Mm-hmm. I thought he had a real influence on the game tonight. But as you say, Jack Ross was very positive. I was a little surprised when he slung uh, Kimpy Oker on. But he can be open in the few minutes he was on, showed why he showed some faith in him. And had it not been for uh, Brayford hacking, hacking the lad down. And it wouldn't have made any difference if he'd been sent off. But I talked about Max Power's red cards. 
I couldn't see any difference it, between it that like one. It looked like a carbon copy. We all said well, it opened the press box. Well, the, the, the Max Power red card against, I think it was Wickham. Uh, it looked, was it Walsall? Uh, no, well, I'm thinking of the one at Wickham here oh, rather right, than okay, the one yeah, at Walsall okay. away. It looked to me like a carbon copy of that one other than Kimby Oak was a bit further up the pitch. <laughs> I'm not mourning too much about that. It was late in the game. Burton being reduced to 10 men wouldn't have made an awful lot of difference in the last few minutes, but it illustrated what a threat Kimby Oka was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's done himself no harm tonight either. And the result's not really done Sunday any harm. Everybody will be disappointed yeah. we haven't got three points. But a point's a point, we'll and they all count at this stage of the season. Exactly. Big game on uh, Saturday against Coventry, though. Massive game against Coventry on Saturday. It is a one. Having, you know, Obviously, we've got these three home games in a row. And we're looking to take as many points out of them as possible, particularly after that we'll be left with a, a run of away games and just Portsmouth to come at home. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we do need to get three points off Coventry. And they're not a bad side either, yeah, uh, and it'll be difficult. And the key thing now is that the players, after playing such a lot of football, rest up are as fresh as they can be on Saturday, and hopefully one or two of the players that are missing, particularly Catamull and particularly McGeady, hopefully will be available to Jack Ross come selection time on Saturday. Nick, a uh, frustrating point, but a well-earned one in the end as well. It, it, it's frustrating because it's only a point and everybody was hoping for the three, but I always thought before the game, this, this Burton team, the, the form they're in at the minute, a point would be a good point against them, actually. Um, you know, and ultimately the point takes Sunderland second. Uh, it, it puts more pressure on, on Barnsley. You know you've got a game in hand still. Potentially you could still be four points clear. Um, and you know they're running out of games. So, uh, you know Burton, the, the last three games they've scored 11 goals. They've beaten Barnsley in their last. Um, they were always going to be a difficult side to beat tonight. They they made they made life difficult. They they worked exceptionally hard. Um, McLaughlin's pulled off a couple of good saves, a couple of blocks. Um, Sunderland likewise have hit the woodwork a couple of times. Huffed and puffed, but really probably didn't do enough. Their composure around the penalty area, I suppose, was, was maybe questionable. But, um, it, you know, I, I, I feel that's a good point, actually, against a good, hard-working team in Burton who are showing now the promotion form that we all thought they were probably going to show earlier in the yeah, season. They seem a bit better than the league table suggests. The they, they are much better than the, the league table suggests. They've, they, they found that, that, that form at the wrong time, if you like, for them. I mean, I spoke to someone from... Um, from, from Radio Derby before the game and he said you know, basically what happened was their recruitment in the summer wasn't very good they, they found themselves sort of 10 points off the pace and they've never been able to, to, yeah. get, to claw those 10 points back and of course they've had that League Cup run as well um, now though if you look at the last 10 games two of their five away wins this season have come in the last 10 games their last three games they've won convincingly they're now looking like the, the, the team I think yeah. we thought we'd see at the beginning of the season it, to me, Sunderland looked they looked very good in possession, but without the ball, they seemed to struggle in the I midfield. And I think, uh, I mean, I say they looked good in possession when the ball was at the centre backs. Burton seemed. Very I think. Happy I think. Yeah. I, I think, Flanagan and Baldwin didn't have their greatest game tonight. I think Flanagan especially looked shaky. He looked like he needed sort of a good shake, um, and that I suppose that was you know compounded by Flanagan scoring the own goal, and um, it, it, it wasn't his greatest night, if you like. Um, and so there was always a, a sort of nervousness about um, Sunderland at the back, and I think Burton tried to exploit that, and, and rightly so. I mean, you know, Aikens and, and, and Boyce—they're a handful. I mean, they, you know, they, those two front pair for for Burton are—you know—they they will give defenders you know headaches, and, and, and so it proved 
tonight. Um, and, and as I said, they're they're a hard working team. I mean, they, you know, they don't sort of when they when they were in the when they were in, in the game and looking to sort of probably be a bit more um, adventurous, they 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 look quite dangerous. But I think once they decided they were going to play for the point, mm-hmm. they then turn into that beast, which becomes frustrating and good, and good, good on the gamesmanship yeah the gamesmanship yeah. The, the substitutions and Ray so on and so on and, and I think you know that, that obviously yeah tried to you know sort of disrupt it as well which always makes life difficult for um, the opposition is that something Honeyman maybe needs to get better at I know there was a there was a tackle on Kim Yoker and Honeyman wasn't really in the referee's ear is that something he needs to wise up possibly on, think? I think that's possibly something they've got to yeah learn over the you see that's what these teams they're quite wily that, that, you know these teams that are experienced at this level and I think you know that's perhaps something that some of sometimes younger players have got to get a grip of, um, and, and teams like Burton do it very well. So, but you know, it'll come in time, and hopefully in the championship. Yeah. Jack, I mean, we always knew Burton were going to be a, a, a test, and I think so. It's proved, obviously. Yeah, it was. Um, I think they're a good side. Um, I think we've seen that from the result on Saturday. Um, where they were last season, and, and their couple in this season showed that they are a good team. And, I thought tonight was a, was a tough match, but we I thought we played well for big parts of it as well. Put an awful lot into the game and trying to win it. Um, and the result of that, the game was open. There was chances, a lot of chances at both ends of the pitch. I actually thought there were probably maybe more goals in the game than mm. it, than it turned out. Yeah, I mean, Nigel was, was saying that to me towards the end of the game. I think it could have scoreline could have been you know several goals more for either team, and we like, we pushed territorially, but they were always a threat on the counter because they they have good players in attacking areas, and they showed that. So. We had to um, take that chance, if you like, by the way we played tonight and hope that you know the opportunities we created we would take and then we would have to rely on good defending and, and John making saves. And on the defensive side, by and large, we got, we got that OK, but obviously it would just be more ruthless with opportunities we then created. Um, I think you were sort of fighting the referee as well. He didn't really do you many favours in the game. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think it was a factor in the end result, but I thought there was a, you know, quite a high degree of inconsistency with some of the decision-making through the course of the game. But yeah, we've kind of had that over the course of the season, as I said. It never really had any strong bearing on the match, apart from maybe disrupting our flow a little bit in the first half. Another busy period coming up. It's been a very hectic April. You've got another three games coming up in ten days. How do you combat that? Yeah, I mean, we, um, we've tried to, to keep freshening the team a little bit each game. We've seen that again tonight. And you know, Max not playing tonight was nothing to do with his performances in the last couple of games because he's been really good. Just it's just bringing in a little bit of freshness and energy. And um, in fairness, I think the subs that have come on in all these games have helped us as well. Even tonight, I thought they brought something to the game, and we're going to need that um, because at the moment we don't know who, who we'll have back for Saturday. Um, we touch and go for some of them, and we're going to need that over these these three games because it, the players are putting a lot into games. They put a lot into tonight's game. It takes a lot to keep pushing to try and win a game, and, and that's what we did tonight. Pleasing for yourself as well that Charlie's getting into those positions. Although he didn't get the goal again, he's you know he's looking more likely. Yeah, he's, I think his overall performance level is, is was good again tonight. He'll be disappointed because he'll probably feel as if he should certainly take the opportunity first half. But he's he's in goal scoring positions. He's he's um, creating goal scoring opportunities for others. He's been effective in that respect and. And he's, he's lasting games well. He looked strong towards the end of the game. So that's all positive signs for us and him. And the challenge on Kim Yoker at the, at the end, did you get a good view of that? Because it, it looked like a, a card from where we were, a red card. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those that I, I, I don't get, I don't really get too uptight about um, calling for other players to be sent off, etc. But the more the frustration for me is some of the red cards we've had this season. I think probably Max Power here against Oxford. 
think there's any difference. But that that's when I get a bit frustrated because I think that inconsistency because these things can come back to cost you. I mean, so not so much tonight maybe and how the game panned out, but when I'll reflect on some of the red cards we've had this season and what they've been for, I don't think there'd been any worse than that tackle because it wasn't it wasn't a great one. But as I said, it, it was fairly late in the game. And, and we- there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We move on from so you join us in the avenue in Roker um, after Sunderland AFC 1, Burton Albion 1. An anti-climax, I suppose, in a way to what we thought was going to be a win to put us into that second place position. But at the end of the night, it is a point which does put us into second place anyway. And still with that game in hand, I'm Rory Fallow, um, here with Matthew Keelan and Mickey Loft. So the first thing I guess to touch on gents is what I said there, do we think it is a it is a point gained in the context, you know, taking into account that Burton did take points from Barnsley recently. Um and do we think we can kick on from on Saturday against Coventry? Um you touched on it being an anticlimax and it does feel like that to me, but I I think they are a decent side Burton. I think We've taken seven points from the three games since Wembley. They all looked absolutely exhausted. So I think probably... It's disappointing. I'm disappointed we haven't won the game because of reasons we'll probably touch on shortly. Yeah. But and, and, I think, yeah, I think we'll, it has moved us in a second as well. So, And that's that's the big thing that you say there, Matthew. It's it's seven points from those three games. After walking out of Wembley Stadium, after losing on penalties, if we were all told... Look, these are going to bounce back by winning, by winning, by winning two and drawing one. We're going to be second with a game in hand. That's massive the reaction, and, and that does say a lot of the. You know, as, as, as all we're disappointed that we didn't win the game tonight. That does say a lot about the character in the squad, doesn't it, Mickey? Yeah, I mean we're still in a great position, and I think you're right about the character. But I think we've actually become a little bit too accustomed to Sunderland coming from behind the win games, because when we actually equalised um, quite soon after they scored, I kind of thought to myself it was going to be like a routine comeback if that makes sense. Yeah. Because we've done it a few times this season. We're conceded the early goal. We tend to equalise about between. 
between 20 minutes and half an hour and then we just get the winner yeah. and I was kind of starting to think oh the winner will come and then as the game's going on you think to yourself oh well it might not be our night and I think that's evidence through the chances and opportunities that we had tonight I don't think we played brilliantly but we certainly had the opportunities to win that game comfortably yeah and, and well chances to win the game comfortably I guess that segues us on nicely to Charlie White tonight two really big chances my personal opinion on them is the second one um, at, the, at the north stand I think he took quite instinctively and was quite unlucky on another day that could have rifled in the roof of the net but the first one it's it's hard it's hard to take, make any excuse for that one isn't it Matthew it's a catastrophic miss <laughs> it is though no it is <laughs> it's just for as well as he's played in the last well the last few games he put himself he did okay at Wembley did really well at Akring played well at the weekend it's that miss is extraordinary but you, you're right in what you say is how well is he's played we've got to judge him on that we've said that about quite a few of the young players that have came through this season or even players like or nine who've played their way into the squad you've got to judge them on where they are now and and Wyke is there I, I don't want to say he's there to be criticised like he's only there to be criticised but you can't patronise him and just and, ju- and, ju- and just pat him on the back and be like oh it'll be alright next time he, he did he did a lot of good tonight he was he was, he was was stretching things and but you can't ignore those misses well that, that, that first miss especially the first one in particular Wyke's not a young lad he's 26, 26 I don't know how 26 years old it costs a substantial amount of money I'm not going to jump on his back He's a centre forward, and we bought him to put chances like that away. He has to score that. He does, and I think that's the difference there between an average to decent striker and an excellent striker. So for me, there, I think an excellent striker, even for the level. So I'm not talking about like Jermaine Defoe standard finishing, but I think for me, a good striker in that league. Hopefully, if I had dropped the Will Grigg, what the hope was, he'd have anticipated the ball dropping to him. Whereas I don't think White did. I sit behind the goal that he missed a chance. And when it fell to him, he looked like surprised that it came to him. And then he had that bit struggle to get the ball out of his feet. And then it ultimately hits the ball pretty much straight at the goalkeeper. But there you've got to be alive and you've got to anticipate the ball. So while I'm talking about Defoe, and again, it's not a comparison, but the goal he scored against Chelsea only came to win because of a Chelsea player miss kicking the ball. But he was alive and the ball's in the back of the net within the blink of an eye. And for me, that is why Charlie White, I'm not, again, I'm not going to get this back, I'm not going to can him. But that is for me why, even at this level, I think he is like a, an average to moderate striker. Um, no, it's just it comes back. I've there's the point a few times where we obviously we bought White at the beginning of the season. I'm not again not just criticising him, but it brings back the fact that did anyone watch him play football? Yeah. Well, I guess there, there, it was it was an odd thing tonight, wasn't it? Is that we were playing a lot of players who'd who'd been in good form recently, but. I guess tonight wasn't the right night to play 4-4-2, which I know is easy to say with hindsight, but we had Charlie White up front, but didn't really have the width, especially with Honeyman on the wing, to get wide and put balls to him. We had Oviedo there, who, who, who did have a good game, you're right, but how often did he get the chance to bomb on? And I think the wingers really struggled to get into Morgan, really, again, really struggled to get into the game, and he, it definitely proved tonight hopefully for the last time he is an impact substitute Morgan but we didn't have it having said that we had no one else to play I was going to say like uh, who else would you have started tonight with Maguire out with McGeady out I'd rather have personally I'd rather have Morgan start ahead of Gooch Uh, I would 
would have personally put Oviedo on the wing and put Hume at left back. Yeah. But it, it's that's in hindsight though. Yeah. Like you, 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 you can see, you can definitely certainly see why certain players started where they did. But I guess after that tonight. He's got a license to look at the Coventry game, which I think tonight was a test. Coventry in decent run, not doing terribly themselves, you know, pushing for the playoffs. That's going to be a much sterner test. And that probably gives Jack Ross a license after this to go, right, we've done a run of games 4 4 2 now. I've got to tighten it up. I think it's, it's not obviously a. A, a blessing in disguise is too far, but had we got a late winner there, it, yeah, he'd, be tempted, he'd be tempted to... Jack Russell is intelligent enough that if we had won that game 2-1, I do think he's intelligent enough to look at the game and say that didn't quite work, and I think he still would have made the necessary changes. However, but one thing I think 4-4-2 is, is quite limited at home. Because at home you're looking to control the game nah. and you're looking to try and get on the ball a lot. Yeah. And the way we play it, we do play the ball from side to side a lot. And when you don't have another player in the midfield to help that process of shimmying the ball across the midfield, I think that's what we missed tonight to a huge extent because there was a lot of times because of Burton Albion's good pressing. And before I go on, I will say I think Burton Albion were a really good team tonight. It's one of the better teams we've played. Well organised. Well organised, yeah. but not only that, I think they've got it down the played really well. I think they pressed really well. Yeah. I think um, you did see certain kind of shenanigans with a little bit of time wasting here and there, but they weren't the worst for us to what we're saying. We faced a decent team tonight and the, and the beat Barnsley for a reason. But the point I was going to make was, as I say, I think when we're getting the ball from side to side, you've got to go a lot more direct with 4-4-2. And I think because you've got Charlie White, just because of his size, the temptation is to go long. And I'll tell you what we do, certainly need to try and find a way. A lot of people have said that Jack Ross maybe wouldn't have signed Will Grigg if he was just given a list of centre-forwards when he came to the club, and I think that's evidenced by we don't play to necessitate Will Grigg. We don't play with the sole focus of... Focus, focus, I went a bit ashen in there, but the sole focus of creating chances for him and trying to create goals for him. Well, I think we need to find a way to get him better service because, again, I think he was very isolated tonight, Grigg. Yeah. Um, I guess... Injuries as well, and who's fit because you know McGeox went off injured tonight. We don't know what's going on with Catamol fitness wise. McGeady, Maguire potentially might be involved. So it's hard to speculate what we're going to do system, starting lineup wise on Saturday. But I guess one thing we can't really ignore tonight is the centre halves were really glaring. Um, I know Baldwin did get a goal to get us the equaliser, but. And we've spoken plenty of times, and uh, well, the, the, the fan base as a whole has spoken plenty about how shaky we've looked at centre half, no matter what combination we've played. But tonight, especially, they just didn't look. They were getting the ball in the final third almost, and just giving it away, and, and, and or just putting the wrong, not even putting the ball in the box, just lamely giving it back to the, to the Burton players, weren't they? Just a strange sort of like display from the pair of them, really. Like the were there was times where they were so, like striding forward and just giving the ball away and they, they were getting the ball in in sort of in the defensive areas not look they're not they weren't even sort of looking to where they were playing the ball they were, they were just oh launching it or trying to play something short which wasn't ever on and then just defensively terrible positionally woeful tonight I but we say this but then what do you do 
Yeah, well, you, you can't, can you? No, and it was difficult for Ross to make substitutions, I guess, during that game because we could all see the gap that was sort of there in the middle, but I guess he's thinking he just want to be perceived as making a negative substitution, especially off the back of Wembley where that perception was there, maybe. The only thing that I could have thought of was to bring Hume on and put O'Neill in the middle and take... Greg was exhausted and yeah. take him off. Yeah. Then, I wasn't particularly surprised to see Greg come off, was it? But O'Neill is a, is a 10, yeah. maybe. No, I wasn't surprised to see Greg, no. Um, but I guess it, it does kind of leave you feeling a bit sort of, for, for want of a better word, in purgatory after the result tonight. Um, one thing I guess we do need to touch on, just briefly, sort of one word answer on this is McGeoch for the goal. Unlucky or mistake, Mickey? I'll come to you first. Mistake. It's a mistake. He's, he's, uh, you said one word. He's already lost the ball before it bobbles. For me, I thought unlucky he was trying to drive us forward. I've not seen it back, admittedly, but I thought he was trying to just get us forward quickly. And I think the bobble was sort of something you couldn't really account for. That took it away from him. The, bo- the ball, for me, was already too far ahead of him. In that he was going to have to lunge to get it without having... And that he's took an unnecessary risk, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, like I say, I haven't seen it back, but my first instinct was, I said, that was something you can't account for. I'm going to sound like I'm backtracking here, but it was a mistake still. But I do think that if it doesn't take that really unlucky deflection off Morgan and and it doesn't end up as a goal, no one's really bothered ever. It's just, as you say, it it only becomes a mistake because of the consequence of a mistake. I think that's the way to look at it, really. Now, as I say, it was just really unlucky because I think we were quite in control of the game up until that point. Yeah, we were. But again, it was it was us controlling it without particularly creating a great deal. Although Greg did have that chance where he burst forward quite well. I know quite knife him, but he won it well on the right and got the shot in. Unlucky for no one to, f- to follow it up as well. Um, I guess it's one of those games now where you think if it was early in the season you'd maybe be thinking oh one of those nights but be- sorry I think tonight was very Blackpool at home whereby we had well so what I mean by without, that without loads of chances <laughs> but what I think about tonight in the same way as Blackpool at home it was the quality of the chances that we had so Blackpool at home earlier on the season Will Grigg missed arguably two sitters on the night oh yes sorry when so, he put it yeah, um, when the, rounded the goalkeeper yeah, yeah. so he took it round the keeper and he had a really glaring opportunity in the first half and I think it's another game whereby if the opposition had created so many chances that we'd come away with a drop we'd be saying we were really lucky to come away with a point tonight but Burn did have the chance as well McLaughlin had to pull us out of the he pull us out a, he made a really good save but I can't remember which defender it was but I've got to give him credit there mind. I know it was last ditch but he did come back round yeah. I think it was Flanagan yeah. and he made the challenge and then what that allowed that allowed McLaughlin the opportunity to smother him and make the save so he's, the defenders actually made the goalkeeper's life not easy because it's still a good save but he gives him the opportunity to make the save it's not a pure one on one and I think it's testament to McLaughlin when he was clean through I wasn't actually stood there thinking oh my god this is a goal true. very true um, can we just touch on the referee as well? Oh, yes, absolutely. Quite another extraordinary display of ineptness from the officials. Very basic decisions wrong. I think actually in our group chat we all posted at the same time in the... Yeah, we can't say what we said, definitely not. But it was um, that one where the midfielder just turned into Honeyman, turned his back on Honeyman, went in the back of him, went down, got a foul... And we all just, uh, our group chat just lit up, calling, um, questioning the 
character of the referee, for want of a better word. For me, in the second half, was actually a foul that we got. And it was a tackle on 9 where their player just took the ball off him. And he gave a foul, and it was it was directly in front of me. And I was like, how have you watched that and given that decision? Like, I seem to say this every week. You, for instance, in the first half where we won a corner and the ball quite clearly travelled on the outside of a corner flag. Yes. And, and he gave us a corner. Great. Love it. Um, but hopefully, you know, it's it's a point tonight, which means we are a step, we are technically a step closer to not having this level of terrible referee again. The slight upgrade of the championship referee. Terrible. Yeah. I think that is a good point you touch on, though, because as much as I'm feeling really deflated at the minute, because obviously it would have been fantastic if we got the three points tonight. But we're actually, it's a game less and we're in the top two, yeah. if that makes sense. And at this stage of the season, that's crucial. Yeah. It's just about ticking games off and being in the position. It doesn't matter if you get it by losing and another team loses. Yeah. It, all you've got to do is tip the games off and still be in the top yeah. two. And if if we were, if this was the opposite way around tonight and Barnsley had got the point to go a point clear of us in second place with the game in hand... We would, we would be, we'd be feeling even worse than we do right now, and that's the thing to remember. You know, we do have tough games coming up. The home games are really tough, and even you know, when we've got to go away to Peterborough and even Fleetwood's not going to be easy. I'm not like playing anything down, but we are in a very strong position. And I think if you would said to us when we were walking out of Wembley, when we felt deflated after losing a parcel on penalties, look, in ten days' time, you're second with a game in hand. You'd have, you'd have. Snap! You'd you'd been delighted with that, and that's the thing to remember. So I guess the the, the thing to end on is Leuven's on the left. Let Leuven's apart from Leuven. Well, that's that's going that's going to happen at South End on the on the party game of the season. But what we've been doing naturally on these is what's he feeling on going up now? And do you think we'll go up and where do you think we'll finish? For me now, I think it's all in our hands now, and I think second place is ours to the take, and I think that is where we'll finish. Matthew's laughing at that. I'm not. I'm laughing because I can't say eighth anymore. Because <laughs> you, can't. you literally can't say eighth. It's not possible. I might as well say we'll win the league now. Then really, okay. might I? Right, we'll win the league. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm going to give a little bit of a long-winded answer here, but it just goes to show that football is not a game of logic whatsoever. Because on Saturday, had Barnsley got to Burton Albion and won the game, and we'd won tonight, then we'd have actually been a point worse off in the position we're in now. But we'd be coming out of the game buzzing. Yeah. And, we, and we would all be sat here about how brilliant it was that, and we are actually would have been one point worse off so as I say I don't really know where I'm going with this now, but actually what I was going to say was that um, yep yeah, it's in our hands and as I say it's just about getting through the games making sure that you're in the promotion places we're in a great position we've got another tough game to come on Saturday but just what we'd like to finish on is I think It'll be a combination of us being good, but also Barnsley. I can't see them sustaining the promotion push. I said after the Walsall game, and I got pelters in the group shot for it at the time, but I said after that game, even when the, um, Barnsley won 1 0, I said they're not going up. And people said, oh, well, we just got that late goal, so obviously momentum and things like that. But I looked at that side, and they got outplayed by Walsall on the day. And not only that, they've been really struggling for goals in recent weeks. And then to add a further point on that, the commentator during the game, because I watched it, commented that Barnsley have a ridiculous average age something like 22 and a half or something of that nature and I look at the players we have I look at players like even like Therese James Max Power who you wouldn't
met me say being our like best best players this season. Sorry, Matthew, but he hasn't been. Um, no, but to, <laughs> no, but to be serious, so, and you look around and our team it oozes like experience of getting promoted, and I just think we have that edge over Barnsley, and I think their players have shown without Keith and Miller they aren't the greatest side, and I just think that our experience and our know-how will pay dividends to about between now and the end of the season. So for that reason, I think we're going up. Yeah, great point to end on as well, and. Nah, we'll smash it. We'll we'll, we'll overtake Luton. We'll win win the league on the last day at Southend with, with Luvens on the left wing. Max. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns